Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. Fair to, fair to say that uh, the red and blue runs through the veins, mate. Absolutely, yeah. No, no, I didn't have any choice, and um, my kids have got no choice. It's uh, it's pretty much uh, dictated right from the word go. Yeah, you, let's do that properly too. Your grandparents in Glad, Glad and Jack Ma- uh, Mason, hugely respected, not only at Nord but as he said in the SNFL, and also your dad, very, very highly respected in the school principal and the schooling environment in general as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank you for that, um, Malcolm. Yeah, no, that's right. And and Dad, you know, um, and he'll <laughs> quick to let you know, he was a pretty successful uh, coach at, at, at country level. Um, he coached Leesendale to a couple of premierships. Um, Snowtown certainly did some premierships as well. So um, really good uh, country footballer. He'll tell you he should have won a male medal, but he missed out by one vote or something like that. But um, no, he was he was pretty handy. Did Did you play any other sports as a, as a kid? Yes, tennis was yeah. the, tennis was a decision. So yes. right, yeah, right yeah. up my alley as well. <laughs> no, I did. I did. I played junior tennis. Um, so as a kid, uh, I think you, you know you, you gravitate and you go to you go to Sapsazas and you go to the countries. And then you, if you're lucky enough, you get you know a state Sapsaza. So I played all those sort of things. And then it, I think by the time I was fourteen or fifteen, I sort of had fallen out of love with the game a little bit. Um, I sort of been practicing and and you know competing for a fairly long time and at the end of the day I probably wasn't um, good enough anyhow but um, I sort of moved uh, and and sort of gave it away at 15 and then moved into playing more and more footy. Who who were the top players uh, around in that era tennis wise in South Australia um, yeah that you might have come across? It was in South Australia there was a, a, a guy called Jason Spear who ended up playing a bit of footy for Woodville West Orange. Yeah, I, not I a bad. I was over in over in Melbourne bowling. when he. Yeah, he went and played, but um, but certainly in terms of nationally, like, and, and this is the sort of we play them in tournaments and be people like Richard Fromberg and um, Jason Stoltenberg and um, and um, Todd Woodbridge. They were all sort of players that that, that sort of um, that were around at that age. Some fair names there, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a good time, and you know, I was really lucky because I got, I got to go away a lot as a as a kid, and that that. You know, it really forms a lot of um, good experiences at that, that young age to be able to go away and go into state with teams and and play, and it puts you under a bit of pressure at times, and you, you have to grow up a bit. But um, that was it was it was a really good experience. 
Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. Uh, last week, Justin Storitsky, fantastic in his interview, and uh, he left a couple of names off that list. Yes, but didn't mention that he played Andre Agassi as a junior, so yes, I will have a crack at him on that one. Uh, fantastic to see that, obviously, uh, the kids uh, are now uh, red and blue-blooded as well, and, and, and that's something that... A lot of SNFL clubs aspire to do is to bring that, that younger generation through and, you know, at the SNFL level as well. Unfortunately, Lockie's having a fair few knee troubles. He's following on in uh, Justin's uh, footsteps with injury troubles. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. he comes good. But, yeah, his knee's a bit of a worry, actually. We thank you, Justin, again for his time. Definitely. Round the Grounds. Mate, we've got a, a huge episode to get through. We're going to talk some AFL today, but some general AFL cricket, some of the international cricket and the local cricket, some soccer. But we're going to start off, mate, with the third test. Australia responds in a big way. Yeah, but, yes, but. 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 Yeah. Oh, look, just for school though, the wicket, you, you know, cow paddock's probably being a bit unfair to cows. You know, it's it's a joke. It is farcical. Um, and again, to another, and I'll start straight with a beef here. I, I hate the way the the review system where it's up to the players to then ask for a review. Mm-hmm. Umpires are there to umpire sport. Yep. Now the first ball of the day, the umpires made a terrible Howler. mistake. Yeah. Howler, Joel Wilson, up to his normal brilliant best. Mm-hmm. That should just be overturned. Bang. No, he's hit it, Joel. Reverse your decision. Yep. Remove the players from it. Have have the umpire up there for doing the thing, but. Too. I, I still hate the way they're using the LBW bit where a guy is a mile forward and they're saying it's going to continue on that trajectory. Mm-hmm. We saw the ball bowled, which Lyon bowled Pedrara in the first innings where it spun three foot. Yep. And we're guessing the ball's going to continue. Yep. I've always been a big fan. There should be a mark. Batsman's in front of that line, not out LBW. Yep. I've always had that opinion. Well, going back to the first decision of the day, you know, it was almost everyone was tentative, didn't know what to yeah. do, and it, it should have been overturned. It, yeah, just you know, it's, it's we've got technology there these days that needs to be used. It's being used more and more in every sport. I mean, I watched a bit of the soccer the other day, and you know, the the VAR came in. They're talking about a bit more use in the AFL this year as well, as far as the um, the bunker uh, goes. If you've got the technology, use it. I'd just like to use four howlers, which that was. That's out. I, you know, LBW and that. Yeah. <laughs> and LBW where a batsman hits it. Yep. Plainly hits it, yes. But I just think there's too much. And there's too much guesswork with it for mine. I'm still a big fan of what Kerry O'Keefe said, that it's a drunk uni student just having a guess. <laughs> yes. Uh, that The trajectories are somewhat mind-boggling at times, and you scratch your head and go, I don't know whether it would have continued along along those lines. Cam Green's today. Yeah. India's first innings all out for 109. Looked like Australia might be going okay, but losing six, six for, for 12. 12. Yeah. Uh, today or this morning wasn't exactly uh, fantastic from that point of view. Sport India right back in it. So they're four for a tee, trailing by nine. If they get a lead of 80, that may be enough. 
Well, you no, know, you can only speculate that the pitch is going to deteriorate oh. even further and their spinners are going to come into play a little bit more. So it's Hopefully we'll knock them over in the third session and win in two days. But, yeah, it's farcical. Where, where does that leave Australia? I mean, really, India have won the Border Gavaskar Trophy. So, you know, are they... No, one test win, though, will get us into the test match final. Right, okay. You know, so so there thing. is something to play oh, for, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Um yeah, I'm, I'm we still may make it anyway. Yes, but, but you don't one, want to be relying on others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? What does day two bring us? Does it bring us a little bit of hope that we can bowl them out pretty cheaply? Or you know, I mean, at the moment it's four for seventy nine. Another one is before T. Look, it's look. Just hopefully we hit him on the pads a few times in the last session. Flip of the coin. Yeah. All right, we move on. Uh, trial matches, mate. Yeah, in the AFL uh, last weekend, most clubs played a trial match, uh, eight or nine periods. They're calling it. We're not yep. not calling quarters anymore for some reason, but anyway, uh, good chance to have a look at a lot of players. Um, uh, I think people we read way too much into it. This time yes, of year. that I, that was probably what I was going for there. Yeah. You know, how much do we read into it? Um, much. How much do we do we look at that and go, well, that is our uh, team for, for round one? Is it trialling players in different positions? I think the teams down the bottom take it a little bit more seriously than the teams from the year before. You know, Carl, uh, Collingwood Hawthorne today is probably an example. Yeah. So I, I just think, yeah, plenty of teams. Carlton never used to win it. Sydney have traditionally had a shocking record in trial games. I, I think let's let's worry about it yep. in a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, buddy to be managed this year. Interesting comment from uh, 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 I think, Longmire. Yeah, I, I think after the success of Selwood last year and the fact that Dangewood actually hit September and his body was okay for yeah. the first time in years, yep. that I think teams will, will gamble a bit more and rest guys more more and more. I, I think I mean, that's going to build. He's come to the end of a 10-year contract, so oh. you know he's obviously ageing a little bit and has had those injuries in, in, in previous years. And they've got Logan McDonald who didn't play. High draft choice, didn't play in the grand final. They're probably obliged, you know, Number three draft choice. Yep, you want to have a look at him. Well, and they're a good Probably young. They're a good young side exactly. too. That's the other thing. So plenty of youth. You know, so Buddy's got plenty to be excited about when he does play, and and vice versa. The players have got yep. plenty to be excited about, but they've also got some pretty handy talent coming in as well. So Sydney are going to be a force to reckon. Yeah, to reckon I think with this I think they've got another. Probably three or so years. I think they'll yep. be very very good. Three to five. Last year was a bit of a surprise for them to make the grand final, but look, they're tracking ahead of time and. Experience counts for everything, doesn't it? I'm sure I'll hear a bit more on Sunday, catching up and interviewing Tom Harley at lunch in Sydney on Sunday. So oh, Beautiful, mate. Hey, you're, do, you're doing the speaking circuit yeah. at the moment. <laughs> We're lucky to have you here. Yeah. Um, new captains this year. There's eight or nine of them. Um, you know, do, does that change a lot of clubs as far as you know, them making their mark? I don't know in that way. I think we've always got to remember a captain tosses a coin in footy. I think it's a lot more coterie things like... Brisbane going the dual captains. I actually am a big fan of that because you can split up your your appearances as yeah. a captain with so many functions with yep. private stuff you've got to go to. It's not like the cat, you know. Yes, leadership on the ground, but is Taylor Walker any less of a leader now? He's no longer well, captain, and no. and Rory Sloan's in the yeah, same boat. I, Travis Boak, Ollie Wines, yeah. you know. I think it's a little bit. I think we've always got to remember that they're yes, they're the on field leader, yep. but it's generally. 
the senior. I think the anyway. trend got sort of bucked a little bit with Collingwood with Maxwell. You know, wasn't necessarily their best best player, but he was their he best was, leader. He was their best leader. That's right. He was solid in defence and uh, and and led them beautifully on ground, and and they were pretty successful over those years. St Kilda as well. St Kilda as well. Yeah, Rewalt, uh, Harvey. Yeah, no, no, no. Not the, uh, you mean currently now? The previous captain of St Kilda, which is. No, we'll, we'll, yes, we'll come yes, back to that one. Yes. Full review uh, system looks like they're making um, some changes to the to the rule a little bit based on the front end, front on contact and concussion. Um, obviously, it was based upon Paddy Cripps getting off on that the high bump last year. Um, that, that was farcical, absolutely ridiculous. It was a footy the collision, legal, legal, but the legal bit, whether we like it as a footy collision or not. Yep. On the way of the rules, you had to get suspended. Yep. Now, to get off on the legal technicality yeah. was uh, Jared Geary was the person yep. I was trying to think of, yep. um, was farcical. And look, whether again, you know, we've spoken about concussion enough. It's it's a huge issue. And, yeah, they've got to be front-on contact exactly has got to be rated pretty highly, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Does it taint a little bit of his brown line because of that? Maybe a tad, but I think everyone forgets about that after a while. Yep. Yeah, probably another. He was certainly one two. of the best players. Oh, there's no yeah, doubt about a, that. He's a gun so, player. Another yeah. two to two to five years, everyone will forget that he got reported back then. Yeah. So, all right, mate. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back after the break with a little bit more AFL, and uh, yeah, we'll have a look at the soccer, and also we'll talk about the Redbacks. Definitely. You're listening to the Game On podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. We'll stay with the AFL. Daisy Pearce begins her coaching journey with Geelong. Uh, one of nine clubs to have female on staff. I think that's a great, great thing. Look, no problem at all with that. I, I admit, I'm only from judging her commentary, right? Maybe way better than that mm-hmm. with her knowledge. But for mine as a commentator, Daisy's only ever stated the bleeding obvious. Yep. So for me, but you've yep. got about the club in bed. Yeah, that, that's the only thing I'm... You know, I hope we're not getting tokenism in points. No, it. absolutely. I, I think I think having a slightly different point of view is very, yeah, very important. Yeah, I don't mind that. I think that's good. An alternative point of view is fantastic. I think Daisy sort of states the bleeding obvious because Channel 7 have basically got her as commentator. Maybe. You know, she's not trying to rock too many boats a little bit, staying the course a little bit. And don't dare but anyone out quite, there, though, think anything... I'm a massive fan of Pat Micken and Jenny Williams. I'd yep. have them involved oh, in two ab- seconds. So. A- absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think it's it's only a positive thing. And yeah. obviously the comment that came eventually was that we might see a female coach one day. Yeah, wait and see. And, wait and see. It, you know, there's no reason why we can't. It's a possibility. Yeah. Again, alternative views. Yep. Uh, Essendon using some giant cards holding holding them up. Uh, to signal what players, what stage of the game they want them to try and play. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's been done for years. Yeah. Yeah, no, Nord use it as well from the bench. It's it's a signal for how long to go and it's a fast play, slow play signal. Right. So a lot of clubs do it. So, yeah. Can, can, can clubs sort of... Um, what, what I'm trying to Overcoach. say. Overcoach. Oh, yeah, a little yes, bit. Yes, that's probably where so. I'm at going, you know, you don't want to provide them with too much information, but then you also don't want to provide them with not enough. And... Obviously, Essendon Scott at Essendon's come in with some new ideas. Look, 
Playbooks are very complicated. You know, the, yep. the, the terms in them, the B1, B2 for the blocker, the, the roamer, the mm-hmm. traveller. There's that many things in them of having read, read one yep. and that. And I'll never forget uh, uh, Nathan Bassett in his intimidable way let Darren Pfeiffer reminded him that you're not effing playing for Nord, for Port, you're playing for Nord tonight because he got into a mm-hmm. Port set-up position, not a Nord one, yeah. just on habit. Yeah. And it is, it is very complicated. Have we overcomplicated the I game? Think so. I think so as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it earlier, but Brisbane named co-captains uh, Lockie Neal and Harris Andrews. Yeah, as I said, I I'm at, I know it, it's a, it goes against tradition, but I'm a fan of it, of sharing the responsibility of the coterie appointment mm-hmm. of stuff you've got to do. Share it. Absolutely. I think it's only a good thing as well. Uh, the co-captains haven't quite worked in previous years, but I think... Brisbane's setup allows them to, yeah, to have those co-captains, and Fagan's a very, very smart coach. But we're only saying it hasn't worked because they haven't gone top. Yeah, who's to say it hasn't worked off the ground uh, and they've got picked up extra sponsors out of it, and the captains and yep. it's been a big tick. So yep. yeah, wait and see on that one. Jason Castagna calls his time on his AFL career sixteen days before the start of the season. A bit of a strange one. It's bizarre. Look, I, he just done a hamstring again and all that. But yeah. hang on, you've done. 99% of people, the pre-season bit's the dread. That's the time where you hammer your body, <laughs> you get you and all yep, that. Yep, been there, done that. Yeah, you know, bloody hell, finally finished that crap. Now we can get on and play. Yep. And he opts to retire now, and, and Richmond can't replace him. Like, Phil Narkle would be nice and dark. That He probably would have got that spot. spot so, yeah. yeah, no, it's a weird one. It's really strange. Uh, so saying that he's sort of fallen out of love with it, I can understand it after a big preseason. But you're right, 16 days before the start of the season is a bit of a bizarre decision. No, I don't get it. Not at this time of the year. Maybe this is normally the time before round one. Yeah, you're, you're pumped. Absolutely. Got that bit over and we can play. Well, he'll remain on the list, and I'm sure that he'll probably float around somewhere and, and potentially play, you know, a little bit of something. You would imagine. Who knows? But who knows? Yeah, who it's knows? very interesting. No, it's weird. And our uh, last one on the AFL tonight, mate. The Gorn and Grundy show. Uh, show signs of what's to come. Yeah, look, it'll be interesting whether they use, uh, you know, whichever one of them in the back play, mm-hmm. the other one in the front half, and then switch it around. Yep. Look, they're both huge talents. So uh, again, trial matches are what yeah. these are sort of designed for, to see these players in action in different spots. And, and let's to remember, the out. old thing was the Ruckman changed in the forward pocket. Now, Absolutely. You know, hang on, we can go back to oh, the par. Back to the future. You know, yeah. Yep. I think the I was having a conversation with a mate of mine yesterday. We were only talking about it, saying that it's just amazing how some of the skills have actually declined and it's been more about the athletes. Yes. The the first team that actually puts a, a, a player deep forward or a or a ruckman in the forward pocket could actually unlock the success pretty quickly yeah. and it could all change back to the way it was. So yeah, very interesting that, that they're going there down that down that track. Personally, I hope so. Yeah. All right, mate, we'll, uh, we'll move on to cricket. So Redbacks into the one-day final against Western Australia next Wednesday. Yeah, we were good We were good on uh, Sunday. It was pretty clinical. It was actually bizarre to be at a mm. game at Adelaide Oval, uh, the game going into its inevitable conclusion, and it's South Australia's way. You know, we, we're going, hang on, we're leaving Adelaide Oval at quarter to three, yep. and South Australia have won. Yes. I've left Adelaide Oval plenty of times quarter to three after and, we've lost, and head but not down the other way around. Yeah. yeah. That was a bit weird. What were your takeouts? I mean, obviously, beating Victoria is a good one to get. Obviously, obviously yeah. we get one up on the Vicks. But, you know, what were your takeaways? We, we, we seem to be in the zone a little bit. We played pretty – we just played pretty well. Yeah, like, smart. Just bowled them out and then just 
did what we had to to get the total two down pretty easily. Which doesn't happen very often. We tend to panic a little yes. bit in those situations, yes. and nah. that's that's sort of why I'm I'm leaning on you that you were there to to go. You know what what no what it, was, sort of it work? was just pretty clinical. Oh. Yeah, no, it was Victoria that's, didn't bat well. I no. would say that, but I also agree with Alan Favell. We had a chat on Sunday. Ten o'clock starts on Adelaide Oval is a big toss to win. You actually want to bowl. Yep. With the game, it's amazing how much more the ball does between ten and eleven, okay, and after eleven. Wow, so. some inside knowledge there. Yeah, Greg Blewett made that point as well. Yep. So yeah, it's, it definitely does seem to do a bit. Had him enough, then that is fell away, and yeah, clinical chase. Western Australia have been pretty solid throughout the years, uh, not only in the in the shorter form of the game, but also the longer Everything. form of the game. Uh, how do we? How are we going to take them down? Basically. Their depth's incredible. Yeah, it so is. Their current Shield game, Josh Phillippe, Ash Turner and Marcus Stoinis all missed out on getting a game. That's yep. pretty strong depth, you know, extraordinary depth really. And considering that Berendorf doesn't play Shield games anymore, so that would be another bowler in the equation mm. there. Yeah. Going to have to be at the top of our game. Ty as well doesn't play Shield. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very strong. Yep. Well... The team Who knows? Yeah. You only need to win on one day, and, and we, we did our flashbacks a couple of weeks ago. And look, Western Australia looked like they had some pretty good depth then, but South Australia uh, got got them on that day. So who knows? At least we're into a final. We are. We will stay with cricket. The Scorpions. Wow, 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 wow! To be cruising five down, need four to win off the last over. In one of the great chokes in history, lose five for two in the last over. It was just bizarre. You had to Some see of the it to believe it. Played with just panic stuff. Instead of just batting with a bit of common sense, push it. I would have preferred five runouts on the huge slogs. Yeah, bad. yeah. It was just oh, look, wow. Yeah, again, for our listeners, if you haven't seen it, go go back and visit on YouTube or or uh, Facebook or whatever. It may well be the greatest choke in sporting it, it, history. It it's could be out there. Yeah. Well, the. Um, Solomon Islands against Spain uh, did did their mighty uh, best in a T Twenty game for the biggest choke as well. So, um, but yeah, it was bizarre watching those. Uh, you know, the first was the slog in the court and bolt. Oh. Okay, then the what was it? An LBW. No, we, no, we got to run. Next we run yeah, and, and then, then an LBW. And then a slog. Yep. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, and then the one that came off the hand and hit the stumps. You go, yeah. oh, it's just not yeah. meant to be. Oh. Crazy, crazy things. Uh, exactly. It was a title that was within our reach, and uh, we just let it go at the final stages. Yeah. All right, we move on to soccer. Adelaide United, the draw against Melbourne Victory. I actually sat and watched this game. Yeah, uh, not a bad result. I uh, probably, obviously, would have loved to win, but not a bad result. Yeah, a bit of controversy. Adelaide United, again, I sat and watched this, actually, on Sunday afternoon. Adelaide United uh, had possession of the ball quite uh had control of the ball and control of the game in the first half and had a couple of opportunities, but Melbourne Victory, sort of with their limited opportunities, probably looked a little more dangerous early on. Possession of ball versus that slingshotting play, yeah, probably... Yeah, a bit of both. bit of both. Probably lucky to, to, to still be nil all. Um, and then a little bit of a controversial call in the uh, in the box for yeah. Melbourne, uh, Melbourne Melbourne Victory. Calorie. yeah. Uh, looking at it, commentators are all saying, oh, look, it's a line ball, but probably not the decision. Mm. Uh, it's given against Calviet. Just can't believe his luck. Yeah. They score a goal. Uh, it almost sort of switched Adelaide into 
to full-on attack mode, and uh, and for the next 15 minutes, they went absolutely nuts. So, trying to get there, and uh, Rene de Conda uh, had an absolute beauty, mate. This yeah. is a highlight that you yeah, normally was. see overseas, but this one here was an absolute No, cracker. it is one of, as you said, it's one of the highlights of the game of the year. Um, yeah, look, a win would have takes a second, still fourth, but... Equal on points. Big game this week. Yeah, huge game tomorrow tomorrow night. Yeah. Yep. We're home, so, you know, scoring record at home is is generally pretty good, but their scoring's pretty good as well. well so, yeah, should be a, a blockbuster match this uh, this Friday night. Be a decent crowd down there, I think. I would think so. The weather's supposed to be pretty good, too. A bit yep. better than last week, mate. Yes. We're not here sweating this yeah, week. Exactly. All right, we'll we'll take a quick break. Once we come back after the break, we'll, we'll speak with Benny Warren. Past players. Past legends. Past legends. We welcome to the show Ben Warren, past South Adelaide and Nord a player and, of course, Nord Premiership coach in 2014. Benny, quick, uh, 2001 to 2010 at South Adelaide, 163 games, 345 goals. Uh, of course, then at Nord in 12 and 13, 42 games, 69 goals, and uh, leading goal kicker at South just for a casual six years in a row and captain in 2010. Welcome aboard, Benny. Thanks, gentlemen. How are you going? Very, very good, mate. Uh, we'll, we'll start back. Where did you start with your juniors, mate? Where did you where did you play when you were a junior? Uh, I'm a Langhorne Creek Hawk, so I grew up yes. out near Wellington on a dairy farm. So Langhorne Creek was the local footy club there, and uh, Dad was a 457-game player at Langhorne Creek. So I uh, went out there, and then obviously, yeah, uh, was uh, recruited to South Adelaide through the zone. Through John Griffin. The, uh, you know, I'm quite, uh, you know, I, I, Griff's the best coach that I've closely been involved with. And, uh, of course, Griff and Greg Anderson travelled out, uh, out to your illustrious farm, uh, Benny. They did. They did. Uh, Griff was probably uh, well, he's very instrumental in getting me to, uh, to South Adelaide because uh, without his push, I probably wouldn't have gone. But um, look, South Adelaide were uh, were fantastic for me, and uh, they were in, into me early, probably when I was about fifteen or sixteen. But uh, my mother uh, doesn't drive; she's visually impaired. So, and being on a dairy farm it was always going to be difficult to travel from Wellington to Norlunga. <clears throat> so, it never eventuated until I left school, and Griff was a big part of that for sure. Because you didn't have, you only played the, so you played under Greg Anderson, Robert Pyman, Gary, of course, under John Cale and Clay Sampson. Uh, Robert Pyman was the one where you played a, played finals, the only finals appearance in 2006, Benny. So it was a bit of a lean pickings in that sort of regard. Very tumultuous times. Uh, yeah, we've only played the one final series. We had Ron Fuller at the end of my career, yeah. uh, Gary Cameron, yep. the former Geelong Cat, and South Adelaide Panther. He, I think he took the reins for about four or five games there at some stage. So from John Cale, six, six coaches, I think it was. So yeah, yeah five or six. But um, no, it was great to be coached by Jack. I was a Port Adelaide supporter as a kid, so really uh, idolised Jack. And he only lasted six games, which was uh, interesting. But so uh, we won. I think we won three of them and lost the next three, and then he was gone. So yeah, interesting times there. Oh, wow. What's the other favourite me- uh, memories down at uh, Windy Norlunga, Benny? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, oh, look, it was just great to, to play league football. I, I, you know, obviously, I followed the sample closely as a kid, and to go and play league football was a great thrill. And uh, to meet a few, obviously, lifelong friends, uh, a few, few of the guys from my wedding that were at South Adelaide when I 
my first uh, when I went there. And so it's been a uh, you know still keeping in contact with Neil Sharp and Jared Wright down there, and uh, yeah, a big part of my life. Ten years, so it was uh, obviously disappointing to leave, and uh, and uh, but obviously turned out pretty good leaving there to go to Nord. So you had the year back at uh, Langhorn Creek in eleven, and and that back at your home club and. Of course, you're the king of cricket. We'll get to that later at Langhorn Creek. Um, then, of course, recruited an Ord. Go through that one, mate. Yeah, I had a bit of a hip injury, uh, bursitis in my hip through 2010, and sort of Ron was new to the club, and I think he was keen to – I think he, he might have said, if you know, you can finish uh, bottom with the players of God or we'll finish, we can finish bottom without you, know, sort of thing in terms of promoting the youth. So, look, I wasn't a highly played player at South Adelaide. I was through the zone, and so – but uh, yeah, had a hip problem. Went to didn't know if it'd be fixed uh, in time to play Sample football, and it wasn't until about 2011 in April that it came good. Went to a specialist on numerous occasions, and finally got it fixed. And Mark Ross was uh, good enough to give me a call, and and just throughout the year kept in contact. And and then obviously at 29 years of age, uh, look, I wasn't overly keen to to play local footy at that time. I was still sort of had a little bit left in the tank, but. Uh, so he went to Nord and uh, obviously had the two premierships here and and uh, had a great time under under Bass. And with that under Bass, did you meet up beforehand and found your footy philosophies were pretty similar or in that? Because you certainly fitted Bass's game plan and you were superb in the back play going as the plus one quite often when we were in front. You know, it was the defensive game, which you know, Bass's game plan was defensive, but you more than played your role and you were fantastic in the plus one role as well. Yeah, I definitely uh, liked what I heard from Nathan for sure. But it was something a little bit different than, and than what I yeah heard, heard previously over the years. Most of the coaches were very similar, yep. you know, and, you know, the, and even the training sessions. But yeah, Nathan was a bit more role specific. And if you're a forward, we do this sort of training. Crafts and midfield do that, and defenders do, and really emphasise um, your role. And uh, so, I guess when you're a little bit older too, you, a little bit more understanding about that team orientation and when you're young, you just want to play the game, don't you? And yep. so to, to come along there and, you know, we had Brett Zorzi and Kieran McGuinness and James Gallagher and a few older guys that was just good to play with who were really good guys and obviously very talented footballers and just to be able to play alongside those guys and, and fit in really and, and, and play 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 your role, as Nathan used to say, was, was really rewarding. And Nathan used to reward the behaviours that he wanted to see. So if he did some... Team team orientated yep. uh, behaviours. He would always reward that, which was great. And and uh, you know we had a very strong team, no doubt. I think Nord might have got knocked out in the preliminary final the year before. Yep. yep. So they were sort of uh, hungry, and uh, after a grand final loss the year before that, so still well and truly in the window. And to, to top up with, um, I think Luke Jericho actually came out of retirement or yep. came back that year, maybe in from Westies and from Westies. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it was good. Good group of uh, men to, and, and Nathan's obviously a wonderful coach, and, and I just really, yeah, really enjoyed winning. You know, I think I only won forty games across my one hundred and sixty-three at, at uh, South Adelaide. I think we won thirty-six or seven yeah. at Nord when I was there. So it's far more enjoyable when you're winning. Uh, so where did the, so let's go back to the nickname, mate? Where did uh, where did that come into play? Uh, well, Douglas is my middle name, so Dugger. Oh, okay, just straight from the middle name. Okay, yeah, I always wondered that. Pretty, Pretty simple. Yeah. yeah, it was a bit boring. You could have got, could have livened that up, mate. Yes. <laughs> what, what, going back to your, your time at South Adelaide, uh, was it hard to to uh, to 
to leave South Adelaide and, and play at another SNFL club, or had you given everything to South and it was time for a change? No, it was very difficult because you always think, uh, and you know, even players that I speak to now, you potentially might be recruiting to come to other sample clubs that you know want to be a one club player. And I certainly thought, never in my wildest dreams would I leave South Adelaide. I know, you know, in 07, I wasn't in great form for a while there and, and played a couple of twos games after. Uh, and North Adelaide obviously rang and Port Adelaide offered me some huge deals, you know, uh, to what I was on, you know, 10 times what I was getting. And, uh, you know, just to be able to, I didn't obviously take the plunge then, but uh, I think when, you know, I could see Ron was clearly wanted to get some, you know, youth into the team and um, get a few more younger recruits at the club. And, and all my friends had left, to be honest, at South Adelaide at the end of 2009 when Ron was appointed, uh, Tommy Hatley and, you know, Clay Sampson, the coach, had gone and a few of those guys. So it didn't – it was, certainly wasn't easy, but, uh, you know, I'm, you know, you go to Nord and it was just the most wonderful people there. It was uh, fantastic. It's safe to say it was one of your best career moves. Yeah, it was probably more forced – not forced, but it wasn't uh, something you ever envisaged, I guess, to go to another club. But uh, just great to play in front of, you know, the crowds on the Friday night there at the parade and mm. – it was just, uh, you know, the history, you know, South Adelaide's a very um, historic club as well, but Nord, you know, in recent times have probably, you know, South haven't won a premiership for 60 years, but uh, still some wonderful people at South Adelaide. But, yeah, Nord just obviously got that, uh, yeah, historic and were iconic you, team. Were you at South Adelaide when they moved to Norlunga, where it was pretty open initially? No, nah, 95 they moved there. I came at the end of 2000, so, right. um, yeah. Uh, Benny Cus. Bit of pride too, you know, kicking four in your last game. You know, like Brett Zorzi winning the Jack Odie in his last game. It was uh, a contribution right right to the line. In, uh, you know, and you certainly could have gone on in 14. There was no doubt about that. Yeah, no, it was uh, – look, I, I, I was certainly at the end of the line for sure. But I think, uh, you know, again, one of the – just playing in a very good team, you know. We were uh, – I think we only lost – we didn't lose a game after round 10 that year in 13 and – I guess you never had to really do more than what, you know, you didn't feel like you had to do more than what you needed to do. I think if you just, you know, my role was really a competition role. You know, if I could kick a goal or two a game, set a few up, um, help the young kids. You know, with Ratio Fantasia, Peter Bampton. Yeah. Uh, uh, who else was up there? Oh, Trent Dumont was in the midfield. So Josh had quite Jones, a youth. Yeah. You know, James Ace was in there as well. and So it was just good to play. We had a nice blend of experience and youth and, and – uh, yeah, it was good fun to be a part of. Of course, as you said, you're right. I reckon the perfect wording was roles. Like there was Andrew Ace in the 13 grand final, almost played as a quarterback role to stop the North Run transition through the through the middle, and it was very role Pacific under Bass. There was never any doubt about that. Yeah, he, and I think that the art of coaching as well is you know if you have your roles, you've got to be able to see which players can play them as well. And I think that's yeah. one of Bass's greatest strengths is he could he could see what players he wanted to to play in those roles and. Young James Ace, you know, I think he came in at 16, and I remember him uh, at the start of 2000, at the end of 2011. There, we must have been training in the gym, and he's 15 years old. And I thought, who's this skinny kid? And he was quietly confident, and he said, uh, he said, I've got, yeah, I got my eyes on round one, and I thought, this is a bit bloody, a bit delusional, this kid. <laughs> but uh, little did I know that he was going to start in round one and finish uh, two years later with two premierships, and then off to uh, to Brisbane. Casual 24 games. Two premierships, one loss. It's an extraordinary, is an extraordinary <laughs> That is stat. a statistic that continues not only yeah. to come up on this podcast, but it's, it is bizarre. It is a good good stat. Yes. And Benny, since finishing up, 
Yeah, and then go to how um coming coming about to end up coaching Nord, mate. Yeah, transitioning into the role. Yeah, it was all a bit uh, bit bizarre, um, bit of a whirlwind, but. Uh, I think as you as you saw, Nathan was a, a step ahead of the sample at the time, and even ahead of some AFL clubs in the way that he coached. Coached, uh, you know, because obviously back then we had AFL players playing in our Nord team. You know, Matt Thomas, Lewis Stevenson, yeah, Brent Renouf, and yep. Fife, yeah, and they're all coming in. Luke Brown, they're playing with us, and you know they were very complimentary of uh, Nathan's coaching. So I guess uh, the club probably didn't want to take a, a backward step in terms of hiring someone at the time that. You know, maybe didn't understand Nathan's methods, or so I guess from that point of view, the club wanted to to continue that uh, type of football, which um, you know, obviously for whatever reason, I was chosen, and and uh, yeah, it, it obviously worked out pretty well. We we won the we won in 2014. We didn't start overly well, but uh, yeah, it was all a bit of a you know, it was a fantastic fantastic experience, that's for sure. So, um, and I thought you added a little bit more, a little bit of attack. Attacking flair, like the second semi and grand finals were both great games of football. Mm. Okay, yes, we're biased Nord way and we won, but Absolutely. geez, they were good footy. Yeah, I well. think uh, what people probably don't know, I think after round eight, we averaged 101 points a game. Yeah. You know, which um, look, Nathan's team's averaged over 100, um, but the, the, yeah, we, we just certainly screwed the other teams into the ground, really. Yeah. Um, and but uh, you know, we probably didn't have the quality. You know, without being disrespectful to the 2014 team, but when you take out half a dozen AFL players, exactly, um, you're probably not going to be as, as strong as the 12 and 13 team. But uh, now the boys are fantastic in 14. But when you got you know Kieran McGuinness and Matthew Panos and uh, Michael Newton, you know these guys are AFL quality, and uh, you know they were wonderful, wonderful players. And and you saw what Panos did this year in the grand final yeah. last year. He's you know, still yeah. he's still a star, and uh, now they're a great team to coach. And look, I'll go. I'll go ahead on a limb. Personally, I I don't think Ben received the appropriate support at Nord, and too too many other people got to say who shouldn't have. Um, yeah, I'm quite open and honest about that. Probably may have had a odd discussion defending you, Benjamin, at uh, at the parade. So yeah, I, but uh, I certainly stick to my uh, guns and opinions on that one, mate. So you have still got a supporter here. Yeah, no, thank you. No, it's all good, mate. It's all good. It's uh, because one of those times where the club uh, we lost a lot of players. Uh, p- p- people don't probably don't understand. We lost, uh, I think, we lost twelve after two thousand and twelve, exactly. and thirteen after thirteen, and then we lost seven at fourteen, and oh, we lose seven at the end of fifteen. So it's a lot of players, a lot of quality. You know, you lose over up to something was thirty players we lost in three or four years. So, and we were banned for recruiting for for 2014, so yeah. uh, it was always going to be up against it after. I thought maybe in 15, we, we pro- you know, we had a lot of injuries, but we probably should have at least finished in the top three in 15. And, yeah. uh, but uh, we missed out by point, you know, two of a percent behind West Adelaide and, and uh, you go to elimination, you get rolled. So then things yeah, just started to unravel a bit there and, and yeah, you lose a few players after that. And, and uh, yeah, you can't always win, though. I know that. Exactly. I, I must admit, I was surprised to see uh, you depart Norwood uh, like that as well. But uh, you moved on since then to be an assistant coach at South and Sturt. Yeah, Marty Matner was uh, the coach of, in Sturt of 2016, my last year at Norwood, and they obviously rang me straight after I left Norwood, and they had a vacant uh, midfield role there, so uh, I was still keen to stay involved somewhere. and So I took that up for three years with Martin and Nathan Grimer. 
And then I was going to have a year off in uh, 2020, but COVID hit, and then I hadn't been back at South really since since I left. And uh, Jared Wright rang, and you know, COVID was sort of a bit of an interrupted year, so I didn't go out there till sort of February or whenever it was when they sort of well, February or March when it was sort of COVID sort of hit. And so yeah, I really enjoyed my two years at South Adelaide. Uh, we made two preliminary finals, and we probably should have won one of them. But uh, we didn't, and uh, it would have been good to see the Panthers make a grand final. It's been a pretty uh, long drought for them, unfortunately. And and then last year, just took the year off. Just my little fella, he's nine, and my daughter's 11, or our daughter's 11. So they're both playing football, cricket, netball, um, basketball. So life gets busy, And uh, but I have rejoined Sturgis. Yes, you couldn't help yourself, um, Benny. <laughs> Marty, yeah, it was one of those things, mate. It's, what, what are you doing on a Saturday afternoon? But... Uh, or a Friday night, but no, I really, uh, really enjoyed Sturt. Like they, uh, it's you know, I live, I work in the city. Only, I think it's five minutes from my work, so it's just we live at Plimpton Park, so it's a, about a ten-minute round trip, you know. So it's it's very convenient. Otherwise, I uh, know, you know, still really enjoy the Panthers, but uh, just a bit far away at the moment for me. And cricket-wise, at Langhorn Creek, uh, and that. Uh... Cricketer, hard-hitting left-hand batsman, very successful, right-hand medium pacer. Through your cricket sort of stuff too, Benny. Yeah, uh, so I started in the 13s, laying on Creek, and I pretty much have played all the way through. I think I had about five years off at the end of my sample career where I was just, you know, recovery and injury and those sort of things sort of got in the way and wanted to try and maximise my sample career. So... But yes, when I finished playing, I, uh, I think it was, must have been 2015, I got back into it uh, when I was coaching Nord. And, and uh, yeah, we've made the finals. The A grade have made the finals every year since then. And um, we've, yeah, the club's going really well. We've got four senior teams for a population of 400. And we've got uh, four and a half junior teams. So we're, the club's didn't, going really well. We really enjoy it. Didn't didn't Nord have a, a pretty solid uh, cricketing side through that period as well that you were at Nord? There was a few oh, guys that played yeah, cricket. A lot no, of guys have played. Yeah, Tim Webb, Tim Webber's a district cricketer. He, Tim, we actually have a uh, a few of us still play on a Tuesday night for the Kensington Old Man's team uh, in the T20, which Malcolm comes out and supports. And Tim Webber, um, I'm sure Malcolm's yeah. told you about yeah, the I story. Have on, a fair, yeah, yep. Yeah, Tuesday night the game got abandoned, but uh, yeah. Tim Webber, uh, Nathan Bassett was obviously a very good player. Scotty Bassett, uh, Robbie Neal played a couple of games last year. Former. The Nord boys oh, really? had a, the Nord boys were playing in a side for uh, Princes and it was quite funny. It was against Paynham and I turned up and Zach Richards called me over. He said, uh, "Malcolm, the scorer knows knows all of us." I said, "Yeah, well, Grant Wasley, he's a Nord man as well, mate." So it was quite uh, quite humorous. And yeah, that, Zachy's yeah, a good, yeah, good little left hander, Zachy. Yeah, so it was a bit fun. Now, Benny, you know, you're lucky enough team manager wise. You know, you had the calm. Compose Mark Robinson at Nord. Uh, understand you may have tried to end the career of a cricket team manager. Roscoe, the great man. <laughs> Best in You know, I, yes. I didn't realise he, he, he's taken it to heart, but last year we had a, uh, we didn't have a, we had a game disqualified because the player wasn't registered. So I just thought I'd send uh, Roscoe a text about making sure if everyone's qualif- uh, qualified for the finals this year, we don't want to get disqualified because he's. Anyone can make it happen. It's Roscoe. We didn't take it too too kindly, and he retired. Jeez. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I didn't actually didn't realise the full story there, Benny. Yeah. Yeah. Drastic yes. times. Cool. Yeah. It, was all, it was all tongue-in-cheek, tongue but yeah. 
I think he was managing about five teams and he didn't take it too kindly. Roscoe, no, but he's a good no. man, Roscoe. Enjoy, enjoy his company. Yes. Thank you, Dob Basford, for that one. I didn't get the full story, I admit, so apologies <laughs> on that one. <laughs> so, Has yeah. cricket cricket obviously always been in the blood as well? I mean, obviously excelled at football but um, and, and you've done pretty well at cricket, but something that you continue to love doing? Yeah, I do. Yeah, no, it's something that I, I probably enjoyed cricket more as a kid. Uh, but uh, football's more of, a, you know, more of a team game and more, a bit more fun, a bit more bums on seats. People come and watch and it's a great atmosphere at Langhorne Creek if you've ever been there and we've got a great little club. But uh, cricket was, um, yeah, always been, a, obviously just watching the uh, test match now and Aussies are going okay. But uh, my son's into cricket as well. He plays down at the Phantoms and I was lucky enough to play in the over 40 state team this year in Gosford. Um, a few months ago, which was yeah, a actually, bit of a thrill. That's right. You did play that, yeah. So, with, Jamie, uh, with Jamie Pennelly and that. Yeah, yeah, Jamie's a great man. So uh, didn't know too many players in the in the, in the squad, but uh, certainly came over with a few friends and a few new friends, so it was good fun. Which is what sport's all about in the end. Absolutely. Who uh, Who was the best player you played with, mate, at, at Nord? Yeah. We'll, we'll say Nord first. Oh, it's hard to go past Kieran McGuinness. Yeah. I'm, he I'm was just team. a, uh, you know, ability to read the play and defend, you know, and even he was a great, he was a great, uh, wonderful captain as well. You know, he's very level-headed and um, he was a, a great influence on the group, particularly in '14 when uh, we had, you know, Bazorzi and and uh, well, Gag finishing yeah. twelve, yeah. but uh, we had, I think, Pfeiffer left and yeah, Suckling and yep. all those sort of older guys left. So for him to to take over, really take control of the group, really. You know, he was just as much as, as a coach as I was. I just had the bloody bad news of telling people they couldn't play, you know, when they get axed. But uh, Kieran was a much-loved figure in the club and, and still is. Very much so. What about at South Adelaide, mate? Yeah, we had a – well, see, when I first started, we had a lot of wonderful players. Like, a lot of players came over from the AFL back then, you know, and, and guys that I – you know, idolised Phil Merton and Simon Crawshaw, both Hawthorne players. I was a Hawthorne man, so um, Clay Sampson was a Premiership crow. You know, uh, it was a whole host of players at the Panthers. A lot of talent. Chris Hall was probably one of the better ones. Uh, he was a Port Power uh, rookie yeah, there, but he was a Saturday junior, yeah. left footer. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I would say probably Chris at this stage. Yeah. And did you have any aspirations of playing AFL? Oh, I certainly did when I was when I was younger, but uh, you know, in those days, like if you didn't make it at eighteen, your career was yep. t- to go to the AFL was about point oh four percent. I reckon it would have been back then, but now it's obviously it's been a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more options, and um, the, the recruiters are more open. But uh, look, I probably wasn't quite good enough. But I did train with Port Adelaide in, at the end of two thousand and one for about eight weeks there, and Nick Jackman actually took the spot. It was a former. It was a good mate of mine at the Panthers and also yeah, Nord. Yep. Yes, that's and right. Yeah, dentist. The, the dentist, yep. Yep. Well, he got a new dentist. Uh, yeah, on the parade. Yep. On the parade there, Bueller. So. Um, and then Scotty Borlace, I think, trained there. He got on the next year. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was myself. So I, I was the one that didn't uh, obviously get a spot, but Scott and Nick uh, got one. Yeah, got a spot each. Benny, overall, just a. A huge contribution to the game overall at Pantherland and then, of course, at the parade. The parade. Uh, you know, great, massive respect, and uh, I'm sure we will catch up to probably next Tuesday night, mate. Sounds good, man. Thank you for having me. Okay, thanks, Benny. Thank you very much, Benny, for joining us. Yeah, Bye. Bye. 
Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Happy Days. Mate, we start off Happy Days today with Happy Birthday. Tom Duday, Adelaide Crows player, played 20 games last year, played 71 games in total in five seasons. How important is he to Adelaide's backline and continued improvement? I think he's an important player. I'd like to see him thrown in the midfield as well. Very mature kid. He's um, got his head in the right spot, does a lot of stuff down at Bedford Mm -hmm. and uh, helps out the disadvantaged and and, uh, that. He's a a really good guy. I was actually surprised when I I did a little bit of the stats that, you know, played 71 games. It just seems like he's been around forever. Um, Solid in that back line and and really that uh, third man up, uh, you know, Cutting the angles, uh, you know, type of player that's, you know, much needed these days. Almost the Bassett role. Yeah, he's important in that way, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Max Michaelani ends up playing that role and that does then release Tom to the midfield. And, I, you know, they do desperately need a big-bodied midfield. Mm-hmm. I still think he can be that player. So Absolutely. Yeah. I, I hadn't considered Tom Dude in the, in the midfield, but the more you think about it, the more it actually makes sense. Yeah. It? sort of role. Yeah, Bonapelli. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of Max Michelani, uh, happy birthday to Max Michelani this week. Uh, obviously uh, newly drafted to the Crows under the father-son rule and um, yeah, impressed uh, since he's arrived at West Lakes. Sop, son of piano. Son of piano. Um, yeah, so look, he's a good kid. Uh, I was really impressed with the Red Legs movie side of things that there he was after missing out the mm-hmm. grand final. Where again, where a lot of people would be the dummy in the dirt, but he was in the room, yep. really wishing people, and you could see he was really got him to involve. So he's a good kid. Yep. Uh, again, a bit like we were talking to Justin Starisky last yep. week, that uh, the red and blue runs oh, in the yeah. veins, and you know he's going to support no matter what, even if he is playing for the uh, Crows. He's he's always going to be a Nord boy through and through. Yeah, and that was what the, you know, Mitch Creek hated playing against Nord. He just couldn't stand it. Yep. And yeah, I, I think I think Max and. Taylor Walker would be the same. Might be the same, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday also to Tony Modder this week. Uh, Adelaide Crow superstar kicking 100 goals in 1993, kicking 13 against Richmond in round 16 is a pretty fair effort. Oh. He, had a, he kicked 26 goals, actually, of his 119, I think it was, in that year against Richmond. So he loved playing him. Yeah, and he also kicked you know, the 13, 13 or 14 against Carlton, that, you know, the round one, that year, one year. Oh, look, he was a superstar, look. Mark of the year. We've all seen all the highlights. Mm-hmm. He was an incredible player, and, and he was just a natural. He was a free spirit, and that was really in his second year. I mean, he yeah, debuted in '92, in '93 kicks a hundred goals, and uh, you know, it was probably a big part of uh, getting the Crows to their '97 premiership. Uh, you know, got injured, injured in the prelim. Prelim, yeah. Day. Yes. Uh, watching back some of the footage, uh, obviously kicking his hundredth at where was it? It was at Optus Oval, I reckon it was against Fitzroy. Fitzroy. Basically, the crowd wasn't as big as Buddy, but you know, are we going to see another hundred, hundred a year goal kicker? Very unlikely with the way modern footy is. Hopefully, you know, hopefully things will change, but yeah, it is unlikely. You never know; the uh, tide might change. All right, mate. We move on. In nineteen ninety one, David Boone uh, completes his tenth century in Test cricket, one hundred and nine not out uh, against the West Indies at Kingston. Yeah. Um, Great fighter, obviously could drink a beer. Um, 
But yeah, fantastic player as well. Short little stubby Tasmanian. Just never seemed to get out easily. No, he always fought, made the opposition earn his wicket. Yeah. So. Certainly. Um, we stay with cricket, mate. A little bit of a sad one. Well, not quite sad, but a little disappointing Bizarre. in yeah. 2000, yeah. 2009. The Sri cricket team is attacked by terrorists on the way to Gaddafi Stadium in Lahore for the second test against Pakistan, and the match is subsequently abandoned. Look, I think it's just so hard for, for us to sort of Comprehend it, comp- yeah. yeah. Just we look at that sort of thing and go, "Wow, hang on." Yeah, you know, we might hate Port Adelaide and Crows that sort of stuff, but hang on, we're not terrorists against each other. No, you know? it's just, yeah, it's just incomprehensible. When I'm looking up, you know, some of these things that have happened in sporting history, and I come across that one, and yeah, I'm just scratching my head. I'm a bit like you. We we yeah, don't appreciate what how we, lucky we are. how lucky we are, and what we've got. And you've got players here that are just wanting to play their sport, their chosen sport, and you know they're being attacked by terrorists. It's yeah. just uh, disappointing, and and yeah, again, it's uh, incomprehensible, but it's also hard to comprehend as well. Uh, and the last one, mate, uh, Major League confirms baseball. This is uh, confirms that postseason will be extended. This is in two thousand and twelve, so we're going back yep. a little way yep. there. Cons- uh, that their postseason will be extended from eight to ten teams with an extra wild card team. Available from each league, good and or bad thing. Well, now it's just accepted. Yeah, it's just considered the norm. Now I know we've you know. touched on it in the AFL. Is it something that we should be considering? Well, I hate that bye weekend. I just think it it takes away the impetus. And even if there was one game played for mine, it still helps. I, I just, but I'm just against that whole bye thing because I think it it deflates the advantage of finishing. One, you know, yep. one to four. So yep. um, I'm against that anyway. But I, yeah, it's a maybe, especially when now now more teams are so even. So yeah, I, I think it can be a good thing. I mean, the broadcasters are obviously what you know yeah. that, that pays a lot of what's going on in the in the game today. We potentially might have a nineteenth team coming in 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 Tasmania. I think a wild card game would be very very exciting, especially if there were two of them on a weekend. Do you then have to rejig the final eight to to sort of accommodate that a little bit? I think it was seven play ten and eight play nine. Yeah. Whether when another team comes in, whether that changes it up, it's a maybe. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do we extend the season? This is going a little bit off what we've got on the run sheet off topic a little bit. Do we extend the season and get rid of the um, practice matches and just start right from the get-go? I've always been a fan of that. Mm. You know, Interesting. The more and more, so every teams teams are playing each other twice, so there's less advantage in the in the draw. Yeah, that way. Yeah. Um, will it will it overlap a little bit with the AFL W season? That's a possibility, but I think uh, the more content and the more footy that people want to want to see, the better. Well, it's certainly fascinating that you know. So was it two weeks ago going to watch Nord the ladies on the Friday night mm. and there was a decent sized crowd at Nord Oval yep. so by February people are clamouring for footy absolutely alright mate we'll scoot into the extra time big finish extra time big finish All right, mate, we've got a bit of a toss-up to start us with the AFL today. Uh, grand final day, uh, day grand final or twilight grand final? I'm a, I'm a day grand final. I'm a bit of a fan of the barbecues, everyone watching it, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. I, I'm a fan of that. 
that one at Twilight I found really hard and that just didn't seem the same. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of Day, but... It was something new that they hadn't trialled the, yeah, the Twilight, it so it was interesting. Weird. Second one on the toss-up, mate. Pre-season or no pre-season, we just talked just about, it. about it. So, really, yeah. really no yeah. pre-season. Yep. Um, sort of in the same boat. All right. Can, can Nord go back-to-back? Back? Yeah, SNFL. Uh, I think they can, but it's going to be mighty tough. Very even competition, yeah. it really is. Yep. I you know, I only think West Adelaide will struggle. I think everyone else could could challenge the five. So I think I think it's the most even season potentially we've had in years. Okay, obviously the AFL sides, the two sides depend on injuries. That's mm-hmm. out of the equation a bit more. Yep. But yeah, I, I think it'll be very even. Every win is a must. Yeah. Look, Take every opportunity. Yeah. It's a maybe, but then we who knows? Few injuries, we could miss five, so wait and see. Yep. Who have you got, mate? Sturt or Glenelg? Who finishes higher? I think Glenelg just. Yeah, it's a toss the coin. And this is why I yeah, um, gets, get, throw this one in here. New coach as well. So oh, yes, actually. No, that sways maybe. it a little bit more yeah, Sturt's may, way. Maybe. No, I reckon the double blues. I'm going to change my All mind. Right. I reserve the right to change my mind on that one. Since Yeah, I'll toss the coin and... Actually, yep. Tails is Glenelg, heads is, heads is uh, Sturt. Whatever you nominated, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm going Sturt. I'm going heads. Rightio. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah, it's a toss up, and like you said, it's going to be an even one. That's for sure. And uh, obviously, yeah, Sturt and Glenelg are going to be an interesting first round up as well. Yeah. Eagles and Nord are going to be in the same boat. All right, mate. Who you got as well? Uh, we're going to the AFL this time. Sydney or Brisbane? Who finishes high, mate? I <laughs> we've already done this one. Um, I'm going Brisbane, but it's, again, a bit of a toss-up. Brisbane with no Adams in defence. Yep. I think they are vulnerable down there. Injuries, that, again, it's a little bit of a – it is a toss-up, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go Brisbane as, as a as a toss. I'm on the, on the Brisbane uh, bandwagon as well. I reckon that they're going to do it, but, again – Flip the coin and and see how they go. And Sydney, you've got some uh, some very good talent as well. Um, Essendon and Adelaide, who finishes higher between those two? Now here's where it yeah. gets interesting. I, I think Jake Stringer for them is important, and he does seem already to be injured, injured yeah. and yeah, and that. And yeah, then I'll go for Adelaide to start with. You know, a bit again, it's it is they're both iffy. New coach uh, at uh, Essendon, so you can get a bit of an uplift yeah. from them. But I, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think Adelaide are tracking on the right direction. Again, flip of the coin, and that's why we've called it uh, toss up. Or who who have you got? Um, yeah, I'm going to say Adelaide just at the moment. I live golf, mate. Yep, coming to Adelaide. It's getting closer. We're getting near that Mad March time where yeah. everything's coming to town. It's going to be an absolute buzz. Yeah. Um, can we see the PGA and Live Golf coming together and so they can coexist without this sort of angst at the moment? Not involved enough with golf on that one. Just probably don't know the inner sanctum enough of it. I mean, um, probably the, the the biggest one in our lifetime has probably been the uh, World Series cricket and how that started out as a, a little bit of a breakout league. Ends up sort of working out for the Better long term. Uh, obviously, it's going through a little bit of a growing pain at the moment with all the T20 stuff. So, can they coexist? I think it's a toss up at the moment. Mm. Um, I heard Greg Norman talk the other day say that their first two years are a bit of a beta testing ground as to how they move forward. Um, 
it, it can coexist, but whether the people involved in the game want it to, it's going to be a toss-up. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. All right, mate, we move on to AFLW. Another Crow moves to Port Adelaide. Yeah, Woodland. Yeah, look, um, I think that goes in with the next bit. I think the extension has gone too quick. Yep. I don't think there's the talent for the teams yet um, for that. I think it is going. Are we going to see a little bit of a decrease in skills a little bit on the basis that, you know, this is the second year of those extension teams and there still is a little bit of player movement around the place? Maybe, uh, you know, Let's wait and see on that one. Look, as I said, I was pleasantly surprised at the North, stand of the Nord North game a couple yep. of weeks ago. Yep. So hopefully not, but yeah, wait and see. But yeah, I do think they are. It'll plateau, obviously, because yeah. of the expansion, but we want to see probably a, a faster uptake after that. But like you said, the standard at the SNFL level seems to be you know, reasonably good at the moment. So there is that system yeah. that's pushing them through a little bit as yeah. well. So very, very interesting. Yes, whether the game is ready for yeah, it, yeah. who's But women's footy is the fastest growing sport in the country. So absolutely, and, it, and we it support it hundred percent, and that's why we'll continue to back it. Yeah, it is vital. Yeah, the the, five, the crows five year plan. Yeah, today the yeah. crows come out with a five year plan. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I'm not a real fan of those sort of things. I, I think you sort of set yourself up a little bit. I know it's good to have those goals. But to come out publicly and sort of state it, yes, there's some things in there about moving to a new home at Thebiton, yeah. you know, want to get X amount of members. I think that's really, really good. But I think you put a little bit undue pressure on the team winning a premiership by 2027 or yeah. whenever it might be. You set yourself up a little bit for failure. I mean, Port Adelaide were classic a couple of years ago doing exactly the same yeah. thing. And, gee, that backfired a little bit on them. And I think the only team that's really done well on it is Richmond. Richmond, and so everyone's copied them. Yeah. yeah. I just I just think all you do is set yourself up for ridicule. I just, yeah. Yeah, I just don't see the point. I think it. it's great to have those goals. I think it's great yeah, it's to put those in place. Stuff. It's an internal thing. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, they're not going out there to finish bottom five or bottom two or whatever, they, they're they going out there to play every game to win, which ultimately will win you a premiership. It's blah, blah anyway. We plan to win a premiership by, well, hang on, aren't we trying to win a premiership this year? Exactly That's, right. that's a lot of crap. Yeah. Every team starts out yeah. on zero points, so you've got just as good as an opportunity as the next team to, to, yeah. to win no, a premiership. I think it's coming out and stating it's pretty pretty oh, bad. Vastly overrated. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it can, uh, yeah can be problematic, and uh, I think we're going to see that over the course of the year. Look, they're tracking in the right direction. I think good on them for, for setting some plans, yeah. but I think you don't want to put undue pressure. No. All right, we're going to finish out on that one there, and uh, boy, oh boy, a big uh, big night uh, tonight, and we covered a, a lot of topics. And as per usual, mate, we promise to do better next week. We will certainly have a crack. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.